Sally and Thunder and Whirlwind. Notes on the story. Now, as any, anyone, and I mean anyone who identifies as female will understand, the backwoods women of Tennessee and Kentucky endured the same hardships as the men as they tried to carve out a life in the wilderness. They helped build cabins and clear land for planting. They worked just as hard, if not twice as hard. They hauled water from springs. They grew cotton for clothes. They they hunted wild animals. Though there are no early tall tales that celebrate an abiding heroine, the Davy Crockett almanacs do present rugged frontier women in a number of vignettes, such as Sal Fink, the Mississippi Screamer, and Nance Bowers, Taming a Bear, Katie Goodgrit and the Wolves, and Subpoena Wing and the Crocodile. Now, in these stories, the Davy Crockett character tells about comically outrageous women who display amazing boldness and ingenuity. In the following tale, I have chosen to combine, I being the author of this book, and the author of this book that I am reading from is Mary Pope Osborne. You may be familiar with her, some of you. In the following tale, I, Mary Pope Osborne, have chosen to combine these various female characters into a single heroine, and I have called her Sally Ann Thunder Ann Whirlwind, the name of Davy's fictional wife, who is briefly mentioned in the Davy Crockett almanacs. So here we are, putting women in their due place in American history. One early spring day, when the leaves of the white oaks were about as big as a mouse's ear, Davy Crockett set out alone through the forest to do some bear hunting. Suddenly, it started raining real hard, and he felt obliged to stop for shelter under a tree. Now, as he shook the rain out of his coonskin cap, he got sleepy. So he laid back into the crotch of the tree, and pretty soon he was a-snoring. Now, Davy slept so hard he didn't wake up until nearly sundown, and when he did, he discovered that somehow or another, in all of that sleeping, he'd gotten his head stuck in the crotch of the tree, and he couldn't get it out. (laughs) Well, Davy roared loud enough to make the tree lose all of its little mouse ear leaves. He twisted and he turned and he carried on for over an hour, but still that tree just wasn't about to let go. Now, just as he was about to give himself up for a goner, he heard a girl say, What's the matter, stranger? Now, even from his awkward position, he could see that she was extraordinary, tall as a hickory sapling with arms as big as keelboat tillers. My head's stuck, he said, and if you help me get it free, I'll give you a pretty little comb. Sweetie, don't call me sweetie, she said, and don't you worry about giving me no pretty little comb neither. I'll free your old coconut, but just because I wanna. Then this extraordinary girl did something that made Davy's hair stand on end. She reached into her bag and she took out a bunch of rattlesnakes. Now she tied all of them wiggly critters together to make a long rope. And as she tied, she kept on talking. I am not a shy little colt, she said, and I'm not a little singing nightingale neither. I can tote a steamboat on my back, out scream a panther, and jump over my own shadow. I can double up crocodiles any day, and I like to wear a hornet's nest for my Sunday bonnet. 
Now, as the girl looped the ends of her snake rope to the top of the branch that was trapping Davy, she kept on bragging. I'm a streak of lightning set up edgeways and buttered with quicksilver. I can outgrin, outsnort, outrun, outlift, outsneeze, outsleep, outlie any varmint from Maine to Louisiana. Furthermore, sweetie, I can blow out the moonlight and sing a wolf to sleep. And then she pulled on the other end of the snake rope so hard, it seemed as if she might tear the whole world apart. Now, in this moment, the right-hand fork of that big tree bent just about as double. Then Davy slid his head out as easy as you please. For a minute, he was so dizzy he couldn't tell up from down, but when he got everything straight, going right in the way again, he took a good look at that girl and he said, <clears throat> What's your name, ma'am? Sally Ann Thunder Ann Whirlwind, she said, but if you mind your manners, you can call me Sally. From then on, Davy Crockett was crazy in love with Sally Ann Thunder Ann Whirlwind. He also asked everyone he knew about her, and everything he heard caused another one of Cupid's arrows to jab him right there in the gizzard. Ooh, I know Sally, the preacher said. She can dance a rock to pieces and ride a panther bareback. Oh, I know Sally's a good old friend of mine, the blacksmith said. Once I seen her crack a walnut with her front teeth. Ooh, Sally's so very special, said the schoolmarm. She likes to whip across Salt River using her apron for a sail and her left leg for a rudder. Now, Sally Ann, Thunder Ann, Whirlwind had a reputation for being funny, too. Now, her best friend Lucy told Davy, Sally can laugh the bark off a pine tree. She likes to whistle out one side of her mouth while she eats with the other side and grins with the middle. According to her friends, Sally could tame just about anything in the world, too. They all told Davy about sometimes she was churning butter and heard something scratching outside. Suddenly the door swung open and in walked Great King Bear the Mud Forest. He'd come to steal one of her smoked hams. Well, before King Bear could say boo, Sally grabbed a warm dumpling from the pot and stuffed it in his mouth. Ooh, that dumpling. Oh, it tastes so good. The king bear's eyes winked with tears, but then he started to think that Sally might taste pretty good too. So opening and closing up his big old mouth, he backed her right into a corner. Now Sally was plenty scared with her knees a-knocking and her heart a-hammering, but just as the king bear blew his hot breath in her face, she gathered the courage to say, Would you like to dance? Well, now, as everybody knows, no bear can resist an invitation to a square dance, so of course the old feller forgot all about eating Sally and said, Oh, love to. Then he bowed real pretty, and the two got to kicking and a-whooping and a-swinging each other through the air as Sally sang. We're on our way to Baltimore with two behind, two before, around and around and around we go where oats, peas, beans, and barley grow. And while she was a-singing, Sally tied a string from the bear's ankle to her butter churn so that all of the time the old feller was kicking up his legs and a-dancing around the room, he was also a-churning her butter. <laughs> and folks love to tell the story about Sally's encounter with another stinky varmint. This one was a human varmint. It seems that Mike Fink, the riverboat man, decided to scare the toenails off of Sally because he was just sick and tired of hearing Davy Crockett talk about how great she was. Well, one evening, Mike crept into an old alligator skin, and he met Sally just as she was taken off to forage in the woods for berries. He spread open his gigantic mouth, and he made such a howl that he nearly scared himself to death, but Sally paid no more attention to that fool than she would have had to to a barking dog. However, when Mike put out his claws to embrace her, 
Her anger rose higher than a Mississippi flood. She threw a flash of eye, she threw a flash of eye lightning at him, turning the dark into daylight. Then she pulled out a little toothpick and, with a single swing, sent the alligator head flying fifty feet. And then, to finish him off good, she rolled up her sleeves and she knocked Mike Fink clear across the woods and into a muddy swamp. Now, when the fool came to, Davy Crockett was standing over him. What in the world happened to you, Mikey? He asked. Well, I, I, I think I must have been hit by some kind of wild alligator. <laughs> Mike stammered, a rubbing on his sore head. Davy smiled. Knowing full well it was Sally Ann, Thunder and Whirlwind just finished giving Mike Fink the only punishment he'd ever known. Well, that incident caused Cupid's final arrow to jab Davy's gizzard. Ooh, Sally is the whole steamboat, he said, meaning she was something great. And the next day, he put on his best raccoon hat and sailed forth to see her. Now, when he got within three miles of her cabin, he began to holler her name. His voice was so loud, it whirled through the woods like a hurricane. Now, Sally looked out, and she saw the wind blowing and the trees abandoned. She heard her name a-thundering through the woods, and her own heart began to thump. Well, by now she began to feel that Davy Crockett was the whole steamboat, too. So she put on her best hat, which was actually an eagle's nest with a white cat tail for a feather. She ran herself outside. Now, just as she stepped out the door, Davy Crockett burst forth from the woods and jumped onto the porch as fast as a frog. Sally, darling, he cried, I think my heart is busting. Want to be my wife? Oh, my stars and possum dogs, why not? She said. And from that day on, Davy Crockett had a hard time acting tough around Sally Ann, Thunder Ann, Whirlwind. His fighting and hollering had no more effect on her than dropping feathers on a barn floor. At least that's what she'd tell you. <laughs> he might try and say something else. <laughs>